This is Winning with ADHD, a podcast for parents to empower students. Build up your ADHD teens so that they recognize their own talents, creativity, and uniqueness. Get tips and tricks to help overcome executive functioning challenges. Listen to stories and experiences of what worked and what did not. Together, let's find ways to build your child's self-esteem and start winning with ADHD. And now, here's your host, Heather Walker. Hey there, it is August which for most people is back to school month, which can be a whole range of feelings as a parent with a child with ADHD. You could be super optimistic about this year. Maybe you had um, a lot of good things happen over the summer, or maybe you ended the school year on a positive note. You could be maybe a little bit cautiously optimistic of like things seem to be going well, but maybe waiting for the other shoe to drop. Or you could maybe be in a, a space where you're a little bit Um, less hopeful for good things to happen, probably based off of years of experiences of things not going super awesome. I wanted to walk through some of the things that we are doing this year as a family and that we have done last year um, that were successful and maybe some of the things we're reiterating or iterating this year um, to continue to help our daughter, Emily, be successful in school and as she um, continues on in life. A couple of things that I wanted to talk about are really just three different areas. Um, The systems that we will be using, the routines that we're going to be focusing on, and the behaviors that we're going to be modeling. First of all, systems are things that you hear a lot about. You hear create a chore chart or a sticker reward chart when they're younger or um, find this type of reward or give them screen time or games or different things like that. Those are all amazing things to do. And I think oftentimes as parents, especially those that are neurotypical, um, we see the fact that we've created one and it maybe worked for a little while and then it stopped working or maybe we had a lot of effort into it, but then we stopped managing it and then it kind of fell apart. And we look at that as we were unsuccessful or that we failed. And I would actually challenge you to look at it a little bit differently and say that there are good pieces to each of these different things that you've tried. And while your viewpoint on it might be negative, let's kind of switch that up and look at it from a more positive lens and say, well, what about these other things that we have done in the past worked really well? So some examples I can think of is like, let's say you created a sticker chart and it was going really well and then it just stopped working. I think there's several things that can um, impact that. One can be how much you as a parent talk about it and are engaged in it. Um, Kids with ADHD, let's be honest, kids in general are motivated by their parents being engaged in it, that they care about it, that it's important to them. And so when us as parents kind of stop talking about it and feel like, well, if they want the reward, then they'll do the things to get the reward. So one is our involvement as a parent. The second reason why I think we start to see um, the novelty wear off is just that. It's no longer novel, meaning that we had a really awesome reward or something that was interesting to them at that time. And maybe they've earned it. And now we just haven't found the newest thing that is driving them and motivating them to move forward. Or maybe they're kind of in between interests at the moment. So you're having a hard time finding what that might be exactly. 
I think either of those are ex excellent examples of why a reward chart or some type of system that is like that has diminished in its effectiveness. And then the last thing is, is that um, you had something that was working really, really well, that was maybe another type of system, maybe it wasn't as heavily on rewards or things like that, and it's just kind of fizzled out a little bit. All of those things are important and can be continued to be used, even if they start to fizzle out. And I would like you to think about it as it's not a bad thing that we're trying something new, but rather just kind of a part of life. Um, I try new things all the time. I get a brand new planner because it's new. I like planners, right? Um, or I go get a new pen or I um, do something like that that kind of brings back that novelty. One of the things that we've done as a family is we've had a chore chart. It has had the same chores, the same rotation on it for several years now. We've tried having it on a card. We've tried where I wrote it down every day. We've tried um, having it on a sheet of paper that's been laminated and that they can mark it off. All of them have been successful at one point in time and they tend to wear off. And this is with my ADHD kiddos and my non-ADHD kids. This year, what we're doing is we are taking uh, key rings where you would put the name of something on it. So the idea would be that it has a ring with like a little tag on it and you could put, you know, like front door or cabin or something like that. Instead, we're going to put on it whatever chore it is. So for example, if they have kitchen that day or trash or vacuuming, that that would be on that name tag. And then Emily has chosen to take those items and put them on a lanyard. So she has three lanyards, one for the morning time, one for afternoon, and one for evening. And each of them have her responsibilities that she needs to do during that time frame. So in the morning, she um, needs to eat breakfast, and she needs to brush her hair, and she needs to brush her teeth, and um, you know whatever else she might need to do in the morning. In the afternoon, she has some chores, such as we call it a daily chore. So it rotates between kitchen, trash, and sweeping. Um, so she just has daily chore and she knows that routine, but if she doesn't, we still have it on the laminated sheet. Um, and then her evening routine would include, we need to take a shower. We need to get our things out for the day tomorrow or the next day. Um, we need to make sure that we're ready for bed, that we've brushed our teeth. Um, my other girls are using the little wrist um, like bracelet things. They almost look like the clear hair ties that we use today to wrap around their wrist. And so once they have this for each time of the day that they're working on and they complete it, they'll take that piece off their lanyard or off their wrist, but it's a very physical reminder rather than the piece of paper that is sitting on the kitchen island that gets forgot about after they get started. But this is like a physical reminder of, hey, you've got something you need to be doing. Um, let's check and see what that item is, keep them on task or bring them back on task. So that's one thing that we have been doing for a long time, but at the same time, we also changed it a little bit and found a new way to see if we can be more successful at it. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that it will continue to work forever either. So having an open mind about what those systems are that you're using is really important. Another system that we're using 
are Alexas. I know some people have some negative feelings around of Alexas. Um, there are other systems that you can use that accomplish the same thing. Um, but Alexas allow you to set up routines and reminders. Um, you can set music to it. Um, we are using it this year in particular to help our girls learn to get up on their own. Where we struggled with a, a standard, like traditional alarm clock is that they are incredibly frustrating to set up to get the time right, make sure it's not PM, make sure that it is AM, um, make sure that it's gonna go off the next day, make sure that the volume is on. All of these different things are things that were incredibly frustrating to us as a family. So while we've had an Alexa and we've used some of the features in the past, this year we are adding a little bit more uh, emphasis on using an Alexa of being able to remind and say, hey, it's time to go or, um, you know, what is your morning routine? Hey, it's time to walk out the door. It's time to brush your teeth um, because they get distracted in the morning of um, eating breakfast and talking about their day or maybe doing their hair or something like that. Another system that we're using is Disrupt ADHD. This is a system that we've worked on and has been created because of Emily. Her 10th grade year, we really struggled to be able to get homework assignments home, not necessarily even the physical paper, but just even the knowledge and being able to recall that there was an assignment. With Disrupt ADHD, she has a class schedule. She is attending the local high school for one class per day. And so she's going to get a text message that asks her, hey, robotics just ended. Do you have a new assignment? She'll text it in and it'll go into a task assistant. She also is doing online schoolwork this year. And at home, she'll be using it because there is a timer function to it that helps prompt to say, hey, are you still on task? Um, maybe we need to get back on task or, hey, it's time for a break. Those breaks are really important. It allows our brains to be able to be at its best when we're working on something that takes a lot of energy and brain power to work on. Now, one thing to note with those with ADHD or really anybody who's working on something that is incredibly hard for them, that brain energy gets zapped really fast when you're working on something that is difficult for you. Difficult could mean that it's a monotonous task. It could mean that it is something that's challenging for you because it's outside of something that you feel like you are like your strengths. It could be something that maybe you just have a mental block on and you think that it is um, needs to be uh, done in a way that is greater than what's being asked for. I bring that one up because Emily gets really excited about certain assignments and then some OCD kicks in, but also some grand ideas really start to come in and she gets kind of wrapped up in those, which I love seeing that creative side of her, um, but just reminding her that, hey, let's make sure we're on task, like make sure we're getting this done. And is this where we wanna spend our time? Because there's two different things that happen, at least for Emily is, She'll either dump a bunch of time in it and she doesn't make progress on it because she has just such these amazing ideas and wants it to be just like that. And then also reminding her, what is it that our goal is? So is this something that you want to really focus on and like work on in your free time? Or is this something that we just kind of want to check the box and get done, make sure we understand the concept and move on with it? 
there's a couple of different ways you can handle that as well is it's like, cool, this is something you want to spend more time on in your free time. Let's make sure we meet the assignment requirements and then we can move on. So we're using um, Disrupt to help remind her of where she needs to be and keep moving along in that um, in that goal. Some of the other routines that we have is that I call it our North Star routine. We make sure that sleep time is probably one of the most important things that we have within our house. And that is based on how Emily shows up when she doesn't get proper amount of sleep. So we're fairly consistent with what bedtime looks like and what time she gets up in the morning. Because not only is it important that she gets to bed at about the same time every day for her to be able to show up the next day. But if it's on a day where she can sleep in, it's also not great for her to sleep in too much because it's almost counterproductive for her being able to show up in the best way the next day. We do what we call scheduling Sunday. This is a routine that we started last year and was incredibly helpful to recognizing what does the week look like and where do we need to show up? And if we're unable to finish certain um, assignments or tasks in a certain time frame, what does that mean for us at other times during the week? So there was a time last year where Emily wanted to go hang out with some friends and she was having a hard day and was just like, I'll just do it later. Well, it's procrastination at its finest. We've all experienced that. Um, and I said, okay, well, that's cool. If you want to use your free time now to just lay on the couch or, but just remember that means that you won't be able to go hang out with your friends later because you have to get this done. And this would be due before, you know, during that time. Um, another thing that we do is called, um, I heard a phrase recently called body doubling. I'm sure you've heard, or if you haven't, there's tons of information on how to help those with ADHD by helping them pick up their clothes, working on folding your clothes while they fold their clothes, helping them do the dishes, all of those kinds of things. I think for the longest time, I said to myself, I shouldn't have to do that. She's now in high school. I shouldn't have to get her up. I shouldn't have to sit at the table with her to do schoolwork. I shouldn't have to start doing the dishes to help her get started on doing the dishes. And you're right, you shouldn't have to. But let me give you another example. I have two other kids that um, one does have ADHD, but not to the degree that Emily has it. And um, for the most part, they're fairly independent. And recently they've had some uh, struggles with brushing their teeth and um, just having a healthy mouth. And our dentist was like, sit in the bathroom with them while they brush their teeth, make sure they're doing it right, help teach them techniques. My immediate response was, I shouldn't have to do that. And you're right, I shouldn't have to do that. But as soon as I change my mindset, and I look at it as this is a routine that will ultimately be better in the long run, because here's what's happening right now with children and teeth. We have high dental bills for cavities. We have extra dental appointments where I have to drive to and take time away from that. We have conversations that we're having with our kids where um, they're just not fun conversations and they're not feeling successful. They're not winning. We're not winning as a family. It's actually starting to get a little bit embarrassing from a teeth brushing scenario um, or situation. Um, so 
we've started doing this. We've started sitting in the bathroom with them say, okay, well, you need to make sure that you brush all of your teeth. You need to make sure you're touching your gums with the bristles. You need to make sure you're flossing. We need to brush for two minutes. All of these things that we hear all the time. What this allows to have happen is for us to coach them and guide them and I guess mentor them be supportive of them. They know that we find that it's important because we're taking time to be there with them and help them. Now, did it start out that way? No, we're a few weeks in right now. And I would say the general attitude was um, an unhappy feeling, but who's happy when you have a lot of cavities or swollen gums? Nobody. And nobody's happy when they're told that things aren't going well and you need to do better. This is our family's way of helping them be successful. It's what our dentist has recommended. And even though I've had the exact same situations come up from other doctors and therapists and ADHD coaches and things of sit at the table with her, help her do these things, help, you know, start doing the dishes and ask her to help join you. Um, I kind of dismissed them at first and I said, I shouldn't have to. Well, last year we did this all year long. And I can tell you with all confidence and assurity, body doubling or sitting there and being there for them is one of the most successful ways to help your student be able to learn the things that they need to in order to gain tools and skill sets to be able to be successful in life when with ADHD um, is by doing this body doubling. What you can do when you bottle a double is you model behaviors. So that's our last section that I want to talk about. I want you to think about what are the things that you do to help you be successful as an adult? Do you use alarms? Do you use an alarm to wake up? Do you use an alarm to remind you to go to a doctor's appointment? I use alarms to remind myself to go pick up my kids because if I don't have an alarm that goes off, I will forget them every single day. And it's not because I don't care about them and it's not because I don't wanna pick them up and that I don't wanna be on time, but rather it's because I get involved in something and I lose track of time. And I think um, our ADHD kids actually experience that on a whole nother level beyond what I experience it as. But by telling them that you set an alarm or, you know what, I actually turned off my alarm and that's why I was late is because my alarm didn't trigger me to come get you. By doing those things, when they use alarms, it will feel natural to them as in that it's just not them, that they're not being singled out, that nobody else has to do this and that they're um, just needing to be helped in a different way, which is a huge, like, drops their self-esteem so much. Um, another thing is, is walking through how you prioritize things. Um, Emily and I have walked through how to prioritize, how to clean a room, but she still needs help with that. So by going in and helping her and say, cool, let's start with our clothes. Let's pick up the dirty ones and let's go put them in the laundry. Starting that with her helps get the momentum going and reminds her of, okay, where do I start? Oh, I'm going to start by picking up dirty clothes. And she'll start to remember that and hear that. And when she can clean her room, I can guarantee you right now, picking up dirty clothes is the part that she is most successful at because we've done it so many times. Now, the next step after that, we're still working on. Um, another thing is, is walking through how to get started, talking about that briefly, right? Because you can't 
like preach to them forever and ever because they will completely zone out. But by talking through how to get started, um, what is something you can do? So a great way is, is what can you do in five minutes? Let's set a timer. Let's see how much you can get done in five minutes. Or, hey, let's give you five minutes to um, take a break real quick and then let's get started. Um, or we could say, once you get this done, we can get a break or we can um, have a treat or you can have you know, time on your tablet, whatever that might be. So using rewards of things that they want is also important. Now, I think a lot of times we think, well, they should still do chores. Nobody wants to do chores. Let's just be honest about that. So having some type of reward is important. Um, and then finally, offering help. Um, there have been many times throughout last school year, especially that I learned as sitting next to her as she was doing her schoolwork, where I would notice that she wasn't really making any progress. You could just tell that things weren't moving along. And I would find out that she just didn't know where to start. Now, one thing to keep in mind is, is that once you can get past that, then they'll typically be able to keep going. And you know, sometimes they'll get stuck, but you have to remember that they don't know when to ask for help because they're always overwhelmed. So if you sit there and you think about always being overwhelmed, that that, that is the constant, it's going to be really hard to differentiate when to say, I need help, because you always feel like you need help, potentially. Um, the other thing is, is you don't know how to ask for help because you're unable to organize what you need to do or be able to describe what you need to do in order to, to even ask for the help. And so once I found this statement, it was really kind of eye-opening for me. And I can promise you that I saw this multiple times over the last school year. And so the way that I've gone through it is to say, well, can you tell me what the assignment is? Can you bring that up? Let me read it. Okay, cool. I understand that you need to accomplish this. Does that sound about right? She would say yes. And I'd say, okay, so show me what you've got. Oh, you've only got one sentence or, oh, you haven't started on anything. Okay, well, let's talk about some options as to what we could do. And just walking through that with her and modeling that thinking process allowed her to be able to start thinking about it and remove that overwhelm and start going into an action-oriented type of place. Um, there was a situation last year that stands out to me heavily. She wanted to write an essay to um, win a trip to go to Washington, D.C. with her school um, she was so excited about it. She had so many thoughts and ideas about going to Washington, D.C., but actually being able to write that paragraph or that that paper um, with a few paragraphs in it, she sat there for hours, hours, and you could tell nothing was happening, but I was busy doing other things and I wasn't able to sit down and help her. But as soon as we did that and we asked these questions, it allowed for all of her genius to come out. and she just started writing and it was amazing. She did a great job. So those are my comments about going back to school and how um, as a family, it can be, while it will still be challenging, how it can be um, a little bit easier for you. Maybe you reduce some overwhelm for yourself um, by talking through some of the systems that you can implement. Maybe revisiting what the expectation is of success on both your systems, your routines, 
and your behaviors. Um, and just showing up each day saying, how can I show up as my best self? And I guarantee you after you've done it and you've been consistent with it, you'll start to see some changes. Um, last year, I would say that our family was in a, almost a feeling of hopelessness about whether or not the school year would be successful. And what I mean by successful is feeling like we're winning, Emily feeling like she's winning, being able to get grades that um, are passing and that she's in really all honestly understanding the concept and being able to walk away feeling good about how she showed up for her school uh, career. Um, it took us 10 weeks. After 10 weeks of consistently showing up, and when I say consistently showing up, I don't mean that every day was perfect. I'm not saying that I showed up perfectly, that she showed up perfectly, but we definitely started fresh every single day. If things weren't going well, we'd take a break. We would come back. We would start again. By modeling that as well, it shows that we can all go through hard things and come back and try again. That because it got hard doesn't mean that we failed, but that we learned how to deal with the situation in front of us, how to put ourselves in a place where we were ready to start problem solving and working on our goal and um, ultimately being successful. I wish you the best of luck in this next school year. I hope that you all find ways to win with ADHD. If you have any questions for me about the systems we're using, the routines that we've done, just send me a message. You can reach me at support at disruptadhd.com and I would love to talk to you um, and hear about the successes that you're going to have this school year. Winning with ADHD is brought to you by Disrupt ADHD. Head on to disruptadhd.com slash learn more.